But there are some things that, um, even though we know it, uh, the body of Christ knows it, but yet we don't activate it. So we're looking at Second Chronicles chapter number 7. That is going to be our main text for uh, this morning. But uh, prior to that, I need to read a verse. So when we get to Second uh, Chronicles, then we will be able to uh, readily see what God is saying. Now, we want to also go to the book of James. We want to go to the book of James. Uh, this way. We want to go to the book of James. The book of James. And there is something that the Lord wants us to know before we go to Second Chronicles chapter number 7. Dealing with verse number 13, Second Chronicles. But in James chapter number 5, we're going to uh, deal with some verses here. In James chapter number 5, we're probably going to read verse number 15, but our key verse uh, is really going to be 17 and 18. Uh, let's pray. Father, we come before you and we say thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for all the wonderful blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you, Father God, because you shared in your word with us and let us know that you loaded us daily with benefits. So, God, we thank you for every benefit that you have given us up in this day. Now, Father God, we pray in Jesus' name that your word will come and will rest within our spirits, Father God. We pray, Father God, that we be not dull here, but Father God, we will hear what thus saith the Lord. And God, we thank you, we thank you for this Father. We, we give you honor and praise and glory. We thank you, Father God, for unity, God. We thank you for love. We thank you, Father God, for, for peace. We, we thank you, God, for how you have connected us in the realm of the Spirit. And God, we give you honor and praise and glory. We thank you for your son, Jesus, God. We thank you for the blood of the cross. We thank you for, for Calvary, Father God. Lord God, we love you and we honor you. Now, Father God, we ask that you allow me to decrease. Let me not be seen at all, Father God. Remove me far from this place. Kill out my flesh. Let nothing show forth except the Spirit of God. And we thank you for that now, God. And God, we give you name praise and we give you name glory. This we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. amen. James chapter number five. And, and the uh, title that the Lord gave me uh, for the message uh, today is the power of the believer. The power of the believer. We have power, but we don't realize how much power we do have. So James chapter number 5, begin reading in verse number 15. 15 says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Verse 16 says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a what kind of man? Righteous man availeth much. Now this is the key verse that we want to get to in James chapter number 5. Verse number 17. It says, Elijah was a what? What's the next word? He was a man. Elijah was a man. Remember now, God does not deal in gender. So when he says man, it means mankind or means male or female. 
So God is not dealing Jacob. So it's not uh, just pertaining to man. But what he was letting us know that as he was, so are we. Elijah was a man, it says, subject to like passions as we are. In other words, if you cut him, he would believe, just like we would believe. You know, he would be injured. So he had the same uh, similarities as we do. He's just as human as we are. And that's why this particular text is written, and it's written for the believer. It says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. Watch what he did. And he did what? And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. That's power, y'all. That's, that's power. When you can pray earnestly in the depth of your heart, and you can ask the thing of God, and it will come to pass. Now, we, 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 we think these little things that we pray for, we call hard things. But can you imagine praying to God next to God not to let it rain? That, I mean, that's power. It's like he prayed earnestly from the depth of his heart, I mean, with a passion. You see, whenever we pray with a passion, those things that we ask God for, they'll come to pass. Because the word of God says that he prayed earnestly uh, for it not to rain on the earth, and it said it did not rain for three years and six months. The power of a believer. Amen. Verse 18 says, And he prayed again, and the heavens did what? Gave rain. That's power, y'all. And the earth brought forth her fruit. So God came to the body of Christ that we got power. As, as believers, we have power. Some of us look like, no, I don't know if I may do that. But the scripture says that he, is, he has like passions just like we do. So he's just as human as we are. So God says, we as believers have power. We've got to set the stage because we have to know that the power that God has invested in us, we can call those things as though they weren't, and they will come to pass. So it's important. Remember now, you as a believer, how many believers do I have in the house? So God is saying to each one of us that there's some things that you can pray for and see. There are a lot of things that are going on on our earth, and God says we've got the power to change it. Amen. We have the power according to the word. Uh, how many believe in the word? How many know that the, 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 the God's word, the Bible, is the ultimate authority? It, it's the last thing. It says and nothing else does. So we have to understand how much power we have as a believer. Anybody got an unsaved loved one? Pray, pray, pray. Get the situation in your life. Pray with God say. And pray will change those things. So it's important to know that we as believers, I don't care what street you come off of. I don't care what side of track you live on. That if you are a believer, you got the power of God on the inside of you. Now let's go back to Second Chronicles chapter number seven. Second Chronicles chapter number seven. I want to kind of teach you not to get too excited this morning. But when, when, when God brought forth his word that we as, uh, as, as believers got this kind of power, all we need to do is activate it. We just need to activate it. Now, Second Chronicles chapter number 7, we're going to begin reading at verse number 13. Verse number 13. Verse 13 says, If 
and there'll be no blessing. God says that shedding of the heaven means if he closes the bowels of compassion, if God closes his hand, the bowels of compassion, then he says, if my people don't want to let it, if, if he shuts up heaven and, and, and the mercies of God don't prevail in our lives, God says, as a believer, we can pray to him and some things will happen. Now, let's look at Lamentations. We're going to go to some scriptures today, y'all. Let's go to the book of Lamentations, which is after the book of Jeremiah. Lamentations is in the Old Testament. Lamentations chapter number three. Lamentations is after the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is in the Old Testament. Amen. And Lamentations is right after the book of Jeremiah. We're looking at chapter number three. Does God say if he closes up his bowels of compassion? Hmm. If he closes up his compassion, if he cuts us off, and in Lamentations chapter number three, it says this. It says in verse number 21, it says, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have I hope. You got to remember now, Jeremiah is going through some things. He, he, he's going through some things. And he's saying, he's remembering some things because he has some situations and circumstances that's before him. But he says, he recalled to mind. Uh, therefore, when he recalls to mind, he has hope. Verse 22 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not what? Consumed. It's because of his mercies now. So what if God shut off his mercies from us? What if he would shut off his mercies from us? Is it, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his what? His compassion fail not. His compassion fail not. They are new every morning. God's compassion is new every morning. And he says, great is his faithfulness. But what is, let's look at something else. The reason why some things can be cut off from us. Let's go to Isaiah chapter number 59. Isaiah. This morning we are going to walk through the scripture, so we kind of grew up a little bit, so we can we can find the, the scriptures now. We can find it. Amen. And not a problem. Amen. Isaiah chapter number 59. Isaiah. Remember now, he says, If I shut up heaven, if I shut up heaven, and there be no rain, if he closes his bowels of compassion, and he does not release his mercy, because his mercy is new every day. And there's some things that, that can, can cause some situations to take place in our life that, that, that God crowns upon. Isaiah chapter number 59 says this. There's no limitations here. Yeah. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. So there's, there's no limitations in God. I mean, God has no restrictions. It says, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. God does not have a hearing problem. He does not have a hearing problem. The Lord does not have a hearing problem. So when we wonder, God, well, I pray, and things like my prayers are not being answered. Well, God wants to know he does not have a 
hearing problem. He does not have a hearing problem. But verse number two does say this. Verse two says, but your iniquities, iniquities means sins, have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. That's it. That's strong. That's strong. Sin can cut off that, that open line of communication that we have with God. God, I don't have a hearing problem, but that's a sin problem within our nation. That's a sin problem, problem within the body of Christ. But let me show you some mercy. Some mercy when it comes down to God. Let's look at Psalms 103. Psalms, Psalms 103. I'll show you some mercy. Some mercy. Some mercy. Because God says, if he shut up heaven, and, and the devil don't rain, the blessings don't flow in our life. Let's look at Psalms 103 about how God deals with situations in our lives. And I, I think and praise God that that uh, when it comes down to his mercies and it comes down to our sins, God God's mercies it, it outweighs the, uh, the things that we do. Psalms 103. Psalms 103. And let's begin reading in verse number 8 in Psalms 103. Verse number 8 in Psalms 103 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious. Praise God. He's what? Slow to anger. Lord, help us to get more of you. Help us, Lord God, to get more of you. Because he says in his word that the Lord is merciful and he's gracious. He's slow to anger and he is plenteous in mercy. Anybody needing the mercy today? Amen. Amen. He's plenteous in mercy. So there's no shortage on his mercy either. And verse number 9 says, He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. But verse number 10 says this. Thank God for, for his compassion. 10 says, He has not dealt with us after our sins. He has not dealt with us according to our sinful lifestyle. But he says, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. And iniquity means sins too. So God says, I haven't rewarded you. And I said, God, I thank you. Because see, what is by right, and God has every right, he could award us according to our iniquities. But his mercy, he has not done that. That's God's mercy. He has not dealt with us after our sins. We ought to give God some praise for that. Because if he had dealt with us according to our sins, without sins, None of us would even be here today. And we praise God. He said, Lord, reward us according to our iniquities. And verse 11 says, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions, talking about our sins, from us. So we thank and praise God. So when we go back to Second Chronicles chapter number 7, the word of the Lord says, If I shut up the heavens, that there be no rain. In other words, God says, If I uh, close off my vows of compassion, if I do not release my mercy, he goes on to say, Or if I command the locust to devour the land. Now we've already established that, that word locust, locust there means 
a succession of laws. So that's it. when there's a succession of laws in your life. You know, when one thing happens, then you look around and then something else begins to happen. And then you look around, something else begins to happen. When there's a succession of laws, but there's some things that God says that the power of the believer can do. Amen. But God says, if I command, see some things that's happening in our lives, it ain't always the devil. God says, if I command the locusts, if I command the successions of laws, because see, sometimes if we don't lose some things, we'll never acknowledge those. If God blesses us and we don't have no difficulties, we will never draw close to God. We will, we will be on our, our, our merry way, enjoy life, but sometimes uh, adversities, the wind of adversities, has to come into our life for us to acknowledge Him and then to know the, the power that we as believers have. And then it goes on to say that if I sin, God is talking now, if I sin pestilence among my people. Now look at that word pestilence. Now pestilence has two definitions. Oh, it probably has many more, but there were two that are chosen. Now the first one is if there's an outbreak of a deadly and highly infected disease. God says, if, 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 if he sends pestilence, if he sends a disease out of it. You know, at one point that, that was a, such a rampage of, of, of age within our society. And it kind of seems to have died down, but it still exists. Uh, I had a conversation with someone and they shared some things about their life and, some, and, and also within their family. And they talked about how the, the husband had given his wife AIDS. He's in prison, but now she's with HIV. And of course, he has molested the daughter, so they don't know if she had HIV or not. So, so there's some things that still rampant in our society. But God, the second definition is an evil influence or an idea that's hard to read. I thought about that definition. I thought about that. An evil influence or an idea that's hard to read. And I thought about how we in, in, in society, as uh, and not only the body of Christ, in the world of Lord, how it is that we are so acceptable to whatever's going on in the world. That, that we, 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 we agree even though God's word says something else. And when I look at how there, there's so much uh, immorality in the world, I mean, sexual immorality, you know, and everything goes down. And even down to, 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 to the, uh, that spirit of homosexuality. See, the Bible has guidelines for everything. And, and the word of God will definitely tell us what he says about the whole situation. I want to deal with uh, uh, our specific condition because it's, it's, it's just now, it's just acceptable. But we want to see what God says about it. Let's look at the book of Leviticus. Leviticus is in the Old Testament. Leviticus. Leviticus chapter number 18. 18. Leviticus chapter number 18. Because there are times when we don't, it's one thing when we don't know, but it's another thing when we do know. But when we, we come to the scriptures and what God says about it, then that's when we have to accept what the Lord says. In Leviticus chapter number 18. And I want to deal with the spirit of, of, of homosexuality. And, and, and we all know about this, that sexual immorality because it, it's, it, it's the doing thing now. 
But God still has guidelines. And, and, and when you look at the book of Genesis, he talks about Adam and Eve. And, and he puts a, a barrier, fix around sex. Amen. God has put a fix around it called marriage. Amen. So we still have to accept God's word for what it says. Amen. Now, Leviticus chapter number 18, we're going to begin reading at verse number 22. Now, verse number 22 says this. Come on, let's, let's, we're going to deal with the spirit of homosexuality. 22 says, he's talking about man. He says, Thou shall not lie with mankind as with what? Mankind. Hmm. Now, see God's word. And we did agree that the God's word is the ultimate authority, right? It says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. God says it is abomination. That's what the word says. But yet in society we accept it. But God's word says something different. And some of you might say, well, that's the Old Testament. Well, we're going to move up on, on, on New Testament street in just a moment, okay? Verse 23 says, Neither shall I lie with any beast. And that, that happens too, y'all. That happens too. It says, Neither shall I lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. The Bible says it's confusion. You would be surprised at what is really going on in our society. Amen. Now, let's go to Romans chapter 1. Let's go to the book of Romans. I think Romans is right after the book of Acts. Romans chapter number 1. Romans chapter number 1. Remember now, there are evil influence or an idea of my presence. An evil influence or an idea that's hard to read. Hard to read. Because, you know, something started a long, long, long time ago. And where it was difficult, now it's made easy. And the reason why it's made easy is because the body of Christ doesn't take a stand. Amen. Now, when you look at Romans chapter number 1, let's look at verse number 26. Verse number 26 of uh, Romans chapter number 1. Verse 26 says, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. God didn't make Eve and Eve, and he didn't make Adam and Adam to be together. He made Adam and Eve. Well, look at verse number 27. 27 says, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the who? Of the woman, burned in their lust. What's the next thing they say? One toward another. So you know what? This thing called homosexuality didn't just start. Because see, this Bible was written long, long, long time ago. Ecclesiastes said there's nothing new under the sun. It says, and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of a woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men 
of that what? Era. Which was meat. <laughs> so what I'm saying, God, God has truth in his word. We're going back to Second Chronicles because see, there's some things that, that we as the body of Christ have we have to stand on God's word. But God says if these things are taking place within our society, and they are. And this is just only a, a couple of things that, that's just so prevalent in our society because that's a whole lot of things that's going on. I mean, you've got you've got religion. You know, you, 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 for people forget about who God is, and they put man up on pedestal. I mean, I mean, it, 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 it's at a point now where nobody wants to come together and fellowship together. Nobody wants to, to, to live holy anymore. But holiness is still a prerequisite before we can enter into the kingdom of God. It's still a prerequisite. God says you, you, you cannot see him. There's no way. You know, holy. This is holiness without no man can see God. That is what God's word says. Amen. Going back to Second Chronicles. Now remember now, there's a power of the believer. And we're almost done. There's power. The believer has power. Now, when we understand when God has released all these things upon earth, that's the station of God, these pestilence. Now, when we see all these things that's happening, and when I think about what's happened in Japan, and what is yet to happen in other nations around the world, or other countries around the world. So like, Lord, what can we as believers do? God says, in my word. He said, if we would just activate what he's saying. He says, uh, we got power to change some things. When we begin to look at verse number 14 in Second Chronicles chapter number 7, let's, let's, let's see what God says uh, about the believer, the power that we have. Verse 14 says, if what? My people. Now, the call to bring about change is to the people of God. It's to the believer. The call is made to the believer. So God says, if my people, which are called by my name. So that's why we as believers have to be careful how we live. Because, see, the Word of God says we are epistles, which means we are books that can be read by all mankind. You see, some folks won't see Jesus. The only Jesus they're ever going to see will be the Jesus that's within you and the Jesus that's within me. And they'll be reading our books, and the book is our life. So God says, if my people, is the call, now, which are called by my name, there's a promise. I wrote this notation in the Bible. It says, the answer to the world's problem is left in the hand of the believer. That's because God has given us power to call those things that are not as though they were. Now, this is what has to happen in order for these things to take place. In order for for, for heaven to hear and to heal heal our land. There are four things, and I, and I looked at that thing, and I'm like, God, that, that just blew me away. He says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall, what's that first word? Humble themselves. Okay, God. I, 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 I stood there, and I stayed there a moment. I stayed right there. Humble. You know, People are always talking about there's going to be a great revival. There's going to be a revival. 
But what they don't realize when they're thinking it's going to be a great revival, revival comes to the believer. The word revival means to revive, to revive. You cannot revive somebody that's not saved. So, therefore, that means it's the believer, it's the body of Christ that has to be resurrected first. And I'm, out, I'm continuing here. There's going to be this great revival. There's going to be this great revival. And I mentioned him, I said, well, do you really understand what that word revival means? That word revival means it's somebody's got to be revived. And whenever we have revivals, we always have revivals. I mean, we used to go to a church and we different times they had revivals, you know. August meetings, they have revivals during that time, the month of August and then the first half of September. But it's for the saints of God, which means something has happened with the body of Christ. And God says, if they would humble themselves, the first thing wouldn't pray to bring about change. The first thing was, my people had to humble themselves. That's the first thing God says. They have to humble themselves. Now, that word humble, it means to be brought under subjection, bringing down the heart and the spirit of man. Hmm. Lowering oneself about their own view of themselves. Hmm. Humble. Humble. You know, the flip side, and Dr. Man in Congress, when he said this, and he was talking about humble, and he was just all over the word, you know. And he said, you know, uh, the flip side to being humble is pride. They both on the same pool. And I thought about that thing. When you think about it, you know, you, you can either be prideful or you can be humble. And so the Lord says the body of Christ needs to be humble. That must be humility. Now, let's, we're going back to Romans. Like I said, we're going to walk through some scriptures again. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. Remember that Romans is right after the book of Acts. Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter 12. God says first thing that the believer has to do is to humble themselves. Humble themselves. You know, God knows what's wrong with us, doesn't he? He, he? he knows what's wrong with us. He knows that we have that spirit of pride. And if we don't deal with that spirit of pride, we're going to find ourselves in the fall according to God's word. Romans chapter 12, verse number 3. Dealing with this, the spirit of humbleness. God says the first thing the body got to do in order to change the situations that we see within our world globally and, and right here on this side of our waters is to humble ourselves. We've got to bow ourselves down, bring our hearts and our spirits down, and acknowledge that he is up. Now, Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, if it had not been for the grace of God, I have no clue where I would be. Hmm. For I say, through the grace unto me, to every man that is among you, here's what God says, not to think of himself, more highly than you ought to think. In other words, when you think more of yourself than you ought to be thinking, then God says you're just full of pride. Just full of pride. Humble. 
Remember now, humility is the first order of the day that God has given to the, to the believer. Because see, we do have the power to change things, but there's some things we got to get straight first. There's some things that the body of Christ has to get straight first. To not to think of themselves more highly than the altar thing, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter number 8. Let's look at Deuteronomy. Why? God talks about uh, the humble, being humble. Deuteronomy chapter, that's the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. That's the reason why God does what he does. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. Book of Deuteronomy chapter number 8. Why? Let's see why God revealed to us through the scriptures why he wants us to be humble. And the purpose of why we go through some things, let me put it that way, why we go through some things. Because God knows when we get exalted ourselves, then there's some things that have to take place within our lives. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. And we're going to begin reading at verse number 2. Verse number 2. Are we there? Deuteronomy chapter number 8, verse number 2. Verse 2 says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness. A time of testing. A time of testing. We go through testing. We go through some uh, series in our lives where we've been, we've been tested. But it says in the wilderness. That word wilderness there means this whole earthly life of existence. We have been tested in this life of existence. This whole earthly life of existence. But there's a reason why God tests us, y'all. There's a reason. The word of God says that testing comes to do what? To humble thee. Hmm. If you ever wonder why you're going through, it could be very well, uh, while we all may be going through a certain time, it could be God is trying to humble us because we've got to have as a body of Christ. So it says to prove to the, um, in the wilderness, it's intended to be these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in what in thine heart. Whether thou wilt keep his commandments or no. Hmm. So testing comes in our lives, adversity comes in our lives, the wind blows in our lives. So we can be humble. And then, you know, if you're, if you're always up, then you'll never know what's really on the inside of us. Because see, when, when we go through adversity, it really tells how close we are with God. It really tells about our relationship with God. You know, we find it strange. Just think about it. Think about it. Everybody just think about your life. You know what we pray most? When we go through, when, when, when we've got some adversities going on in our life, when the wind of life is blowing in our life, we're up in God's place 24 7. Amen? When every situation is going on in our life, you know, we're up in God's face 24 7. We're about to get green. And when, when it's like we're on easy street and things going good, we may have a how you doing today. You know, but, but, but when, when we're really going through, when all the stuff that we're saying, we right there not say God on the every day. We right every moment. We, we're praying to God. We're seeking to have faith. But then I said, I had to show you what's in your heart. 
It's what's in your heart, brother. Because I always tell you that when the word comes, it always comes to me and for me first. And then I pass it on to you. So, so God says, when testing time comes, he says, I'm going to let you see what's in your heart. So, you know, a, a perfect time of revealing what's in your heart, uh, it's, it'll be a proof of your love. You never know how much you love a person or individual until test time comes. I, I, I mentioned to this lady the other day, a different one, and, and, and she began to share about how she, and, and it's been two this week I've ministered to, about molestation as a child, early age. And I said to her, and, and, and she's the first time she's angry at God. She's had six children, no husband, and angry at God. Angry because there's some situations in their, in, in their family that, that, that's not very well. And, and she, she poured her heart out. She went to another church, and she went to this church, and I don't know how long it's been since she was at church. But she, she went to this church, and she said she really poured out her, her heart. And when I listened to her, she began to talk about uh, how, how she was sold by her parents, by her mother, for drugs. Y'all yeah, better hear. You need to be careful what you do. My life is happening in your house. Amen. This lady, this lady said she, her mother sold her for a five dollar bag. I'm not talking about a fairy tale. I'm talking about a true story. Now this lady is 34 years old with six children. And then she says to me, she says, she, she, she said, I'm angry with God. Why did God allow this to happen to me? I said, baby, it's like this. When things happen in our lives, you've got to look at the situation. You've got, you got to look at the environment. You've got to look at what's really going on. Your mama wasn't saved. Because if your mother had been saved, and she had been caught up in a situation. So I began to minister to her about what had taken place within her mother's life. But then I began to minister to her about her own life. And I said, you will never be free until you learn to forgive. I said, once you, once you forgive, then it sets you free. I said, that those people that molested you, you've got to forgive them in order for you to be free. I said, and then you've got to forgive your mother as well if you want freedom. Next week, I'm supposed to meet with her again. Next week, I'm supposed to meet with her again. Because the main thing is when we minister to people, we have to make sure that we tell them the whole story. Listen, we put ourselves in situations that we allow the enemy to devour us. We put ourselves there a lot of times. And, and, and it was heartbreaking when I listened to her story and she said, I don't mean to take up so much of your time. And she talked to me about an hour, a total stranger. Sometimes just be available to hear. Because the word of God does say, if you confess your faults and pray, it talks about how you'll be healed. Her healing came through her confession. Sometimes we in the body of Christ get so busy, we don't want to hear nobody else's problems. Because we got problems around. Well, we, we listen to somebody else, we can rest assured. After one hour, God going to fix out. He's going to fix out. He's gonna, God is going to fix out. So, Deuteronomy, I think. And we're finished with Deuteronomy chapter 3 because God has to show us what's in our heart. 
of my heart. Now, when we go back to Second Chronicles now, he deals with the, the, the humility. Got to be humble. We have to be humble because as a believer, we got some power. But there's some things to get in order before those things take place. Then the next thing he says, then we pray. After we humble ourselves down, after we put our flesh in check, as we put our flesh in check, humble ourselves and don't think more about ourselves than we ought to. Once we got that laid out and enough God, it's your way to know it. Because I won't be able to make it. And so so then God says we got to begin to pray. Then that's when we have a communion with him. We can commune with him when we humble ourselves and acknowledge that he is the sovereign God. He says we when we commune with him. Now remember that there are four things that the believer has to do. First off, the, uh, the body of Christ has to humble themselves. Secondly, they begin to pray. You know, it seems like prayer is irrelevant now. You know, you, you don't hear about a whole lot of praying going on. It's, it's like folks don't want to pray no more. Don't, don't call to come and, and intercede and cry, praying for somebody. You may have to agree, show up. But praying is powerful. So God says he's calling his people back. To, to pray. He's calling the people back to pray. Then he says, after prayer, he's and seek my face. God said, don't seek my hand. Don't seek my hand. He said, but seek my face. That's God, what are you saying? He said, begin to, the body of Christ needs to begin to seek his presence. You know how it is when, when, when you, when you got somebody that you like, now I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna bring it home a little bit. You know when you got a relationship, and you got some female or male that you like, and you always want to be in that presence, you know, you know when you, and we're gonna be married folks too, you know, and that's where it's supposed to be with marriage too, y'all. You know, when you always want to be together with your mate, you know what I'm saying? You know, you, you, you always like to be in that presence, you know. It's something about being, being with your mate, you know, the boyfriend and the girlfriend, you know, you just love to be in that presence. God says, the body of Christ needs to seek his presence. We need to seek his presence, because there are criteria for some things to happen. Seek my presence. And, 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 the, and the word of the Lord in the, in the scriptures, and you don't have to turn here, in Psalm 16, it says, in verse number 11, it talks about, uh, in the presence of God is the fullness of joy. How many want the fullness of joy? I'm not talking about just having a part joy, you know, having a cup or having a bottle of water, and it's half full. God says, in his presence is the fullness. You know, it's not all the way up to the top. And then spill over to someone else. So as believers, we've got to get back to seeking the presence of God and not the hand of God. God is not a Santa Claus. Can you God says, can you still love me when I don't give you what you ask me for? Can you still love me when 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 your money is short and your bills bills extend your money? He said, Can you still love me when I chastise you because I love you? Oh, will you let your flesh rise up and get upset with me? Because see, it ain't about me speaking, because I'm only releasing God's word. But God says, can you still love me then? When, when, when I come down your street, God says, when I come down your street and tell you about your nasty, sinful self, God says, can you still love me? Because I love you because I chastise you because I love you. And you see, if, if we're not chastised by God, the word of God says we are bastard. And a bastard is one without a bond. So, therefore, the Lord says that as, as believers, there's some things that have to be in, in order. So, I want to be in the presence of the 
what? I mean, all the weight is moved from. I mean, it's this power being the presence of God. You don't see like you used to. Your eyes are different. I mean, it's just like God has removed some things from your from your focus. So when you're in the presence of God, God says, my people need to get back to the presence of me, meaning God. And then the last thing he says this. Mm. Watch this. Take his presence. Okay. Then he says this. And do what? What's that next word? And second Chronicles chapter seven, verse Turn. fourteen. Turn. Hmm. That must have been tight. Because that's, that's the whole thing God said. God's word said, and turn from that what? Wicked ways. You see, that is a criteria to the things that's happening in the world that the believers can do to bring about change. God specifically lists them. He talks about being humble. He, he begins to talk about not only being humble, but he talks about praying. Then he moves from praying to seeking his presence or seeking his faith. And then he says, you've got to turn from your wicked ways. That's what God says in his word. Turn from your wicked ways. And when we as believers, watch this. Power of believing. Watch this, what happens. He says, then, not a quarter verse 14, then will I do what? Hear from heaven. You ever felt like heaven shut up to you? Well, then we get to, to go through the, 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 the category of the list that God has given. He says, then will I hear from heaven, and then he says, and will forgive their what? Sin. Their sin, and will heal their land. Our land, spiritually and physically, needs to be healed. We need to hear from heaven. So therefore, in order to hear from heaven, there's a criteria that God has laid out for the body of of Christ, for the believers, because once we begin to activate the power on the inside, remember now, James chapter 5, Elijah was just like us, he's just as flesh as we are, he prayed earnestly that it didn't rain for three years and in six months, and God would the rain. Now just think about that thing. Think about if we as the body of Christ will begin to activate the power God has invested in us and we see some uh, citizen things are uh, here through the Spirit. These things are getting ready to happen. What if the body of Christ begin to do what God's Word says and watch it turn around? Y'all remember doing that hurricane season when everything was happening with the hurricane season and they were so afraid of what was going to happen down in the gulf because of the oil. People started praying. And you know what happened? Very few, if any, hurricanes hit that area. So that shows you how powerful prayer is. But God is saying in his word, forgiveness will come if we operate according to God's word, and then he said, our land needs I think about, and I pray about Japan. But that does not stop us from praying for them that they may come to know the truth and the living God. Even if within our own nation we got problems. But if we follow the instruction of God as believers, we can turn around. Anybody got any situations in life need to be turned around? God says, 
let's follow the roadmap that he has given. The roadmap that he has given. Y'all got power. Got power as a believer. Those of you in here, you raise your hands about believers, you raise your hands. Understand, you got power. I got power. Thank you, Lord. Those God will definitely not exempt my own self. As a believer, we got power. We have power. All we as a body of Christ has to do is exemplify, activate that power that the Lord has given us. The power of the believer. So if you got some circumstances and situations in, in your family, in loved ones, with our nation, we need to start praying. We need to humble ourselves. We need to get in the face of God. And then we need to turn from our wickedness. So, just think about that. Think just really take time to think about that. That God has put, has put that in our hands to change situations and circumstances in our world. And He only gave it to the believer. Think about it. So the next time, or even now, as we begin to pray and think about God's words, we don't know where the next earthquake will be. But if we pray that, we can change things. They tell me there's a nuclear plant that's sitting on a Fault line in New York City. Sitting on two fault lines. What does that mean to the United States? If God so chooses for that earthquake to come that way, we'll be hit. But as the believer, we got the power to pray and divert or pray and ask God to put his hand on. Not allowed to be. Talking about radiation, all of a sudden everybody started checking their nuclear plants. You know what happened? They find all kinds of problems. Right in Seneca, South Carolina, not very far from us. Just think about it. The radiation, and it has, took place. Many waters across the seas in Japan. Now we got red to do in California and Washington. That means it's in the atmosphere. So I think the body of Christ has a job to do. We need to do what God says in His Word in order to turn it around. Come on, y'all, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen.